first win of the year for Moana Pacifica. Thanks, uh, you know, always. Cheers. The great Michael Hooper. So it is a last appearance tonight at his beloved home ground for one of the most popular of all hurricanes. Banco didn't release the ball. Oh, a couple of old mates having a go here. Sort it out, OK? Here <laughs> goes Iose uh, off the back. Still going. Brad Iose! Hurricanes in again. That's our last game here, Lee. So we beat the Crusaders at home. Yeah. Beautiful way to go out, mate. Beautiful way to go out. Time to avoid that 50 22 was O'Connor. Charge down! Charge time! Ramu Kalmunda! It'll be one last appearance for Aaron Smith at a stadium where he has achieved so much over the years. Sean Wallace, he's a big rugby fan. So the Blues will take winning form into a quarter-final here at Eden Park next week. Hey, Goldie. Well, wow, look at the score, mate. Look at that. That's my plane being called. But I'm pretty confident we're going to bash it. How good. Tēnā koutou katoa. Good evening. Welcome into the show. It's great to have you joining us today. The Super Rugby Pacific playoffs has been found. Dane Coles put on an absolute clinic and the Crusaders, well, they took the bait. Moana Pacifica, they won their final game of the season and the Fijian Drua in just their second season in charge have made the playoffs, unfortunately, knocked out Jeff's Highlanders. Welcome into the programme, Stephen Bates, Angus Ta'aval and you, Jeff Wilson, OJK, a bottle of red wine. JK boarded his plane and he turned left up to business class, maybe even first class, and he's flown off to Italy. I'll see you in seven weeks, mate. No problem. It's fair. You knocked us out. It was a great weekend of rugby. Some games were great. The one in Eden Park wasn't a great game of football, but the Blues got the job done. But uh, a lot of great storylines to come out of the weekend. Are you too well aware of what's coming your way when you've got this man staring across at you? You're <laughs> sitting in Sir John Kuhn and Mills Mulyaina's seats. He's heated, isn't he? He's ready to go. So we're going to go. Gus will answer all the tough questions. Where you, Gus? I'll just palm them off to you. But I've got the easy ones, mate. Chief sitting on top of the table. That's me and you, basically. We're pretty, we're pretty happy. Comfortable. Seems feeling pretty good at the moment. One and two. One and two. Great to bring some forward intelligence onto the program as what, well. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, usually we've got all that. <laughs> wow. That's the problem. Wow. Okay. Cursed. Well done. You're uh, in the right direction there. We'll go well. Us three together. Strong, three versus strong. one. Look, uh, you know who started strong, finished strong as well. That was Dane Coles, his final game potentially uh, in the capital at Sky Stadium in Wellington and he put on an absolute masterclass against the Crusaders. They knew it was coming. Take a look at this. Take a listen to our Musashi power play. He was saying there to Lester Whanganuku, uh, go and chase the money overseas. That was the nice way of saying it. He obviously got under Cody Taylor's skin here a little bit. Maybe you can uh, tell us what was going on, Angus? Oh, I, I think if there was a time to bring back the player cam, you know, they followed one player. It, it had to be this game. But to get under Co Cody's, a, you know, he's a pretty cool, calm, collected guy. What about, what about this moment, Gus? The walk-off. Oh, this, tell us this. I mean, this is... Don't this read lips. In his, in his, don't, don't read, yeah, don't read the lips. Well, you can sort of see what he's... What he's getting at, but that, that is cozy in his element. When's the last time you saw someone cock the right hand? <laughs> like genuinely cock the right hand, ready to go, like as if he could throw it. Yeah. The only way you're throwing that is if you want to get 10 minutes in the bin. Maybe a red card, take 20, and you're I, done. I would have been more impressive if thrown the eyebrows at the oh, same time the same as well. Time. You know and what I mean? That would have been good. Fake the shoulder. Fake but that is shoulder. cool. I, th I thought that was cool because it makes a game. You know well, what I mean? It's it a character. And it's that. awesome. It is awesome. And they love each other at the end of the day, so who cares? And he had a big influence on the result uh, of that game, right? Well, that send off. I was there, though, right? So 10 minutes into that game, because there was nothing riding on that contest, nothing other than it being Dane Coles' last, probable last game at a Sky Stadium in Wellington, at the Caketon. And then all of a sudden, once he started the niggle, the game was on. So a game that actually had no context in the terms of Super Rugby Pacific in 2023 turned to an old-fashioned Crusaders-Hurricanes war and battle. And I don't think the Crusaders needed it. They got it, but I tell you what, it was massive for the Hurricanes. Huge. And this is Dane Coles at his very best. Well, that's why he's got to be picked for the All Blacks, right, Gus? Has he ever got under your skin with this gamesmanship, these mind games that he likes to play against players? Nah, it's, but when I was young, I was playing Auckland versus Wellington down at uh, the Caketon, and 
uh, he was marking me we're on, on offense and, and he goes I've got big fat head there and I said <laughs> hey mate fair enough I've got a pretty big head so uh, play on but you know he's, he's, a, he's a great guy once you get to know him but you just always know that's what you expect Who've got under your skin before you two? I've called Calm and Collected Kirsty oh, no, come one, on, baby. no one worries baby, me it'll be Jeff tonight <laughs> <laughs> it was, It's hookers Sean Fitzpatrick Yeah Fitzy was a niggler just niggle 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 constant Never stopped through the 92 test matches. You could see it off the ball. I mean, the number of cards he would have got now yeah. for his behaviour and the way that he... But he was a great leader. He inspired the team around him. And that's what Dane Coles did for his side. So what is? Darren Whitcomb. Holy heck, <laughs> that mouth never stopped. It just kept going and going and going and going. So maybe it is hookers. But it is a, it is a cool thing, though. It's it cool. is. It's I great it. for the game, isn't it? I enjoy it. it. It's awesome. So you've just labelled a couple of players of the past. Who's going to keep this legacy going? Who is going to keep this up? Because the game actually needs not just the, the on-field stuff, right? But you need all of this to make it entertaining and to make it exciting. Is, there, is Dane Coles the last of a dying breed? Gus was talking off, off camera that he's pretty keen to fill the role, nah, I think. What definitely you not, nah. <laughs> What's your chat? I'm, I'm, all, I'm all, you know, cuddles and, and kisses, but I, I can't... I think he is a dying breed. There's not that sort of bloke. You know, he's, he's old school, he's cut from that cloth. I think and you've seen some throwback videos of him with, like, that long hair, but who's there? Who's next? How is it? I'll say, look, he, he's right on the edge in this game. He is right on the very, very edge. And I think Brendan Pickerel, I don't think many referees have to deal with this very often anymore at this level. And he was niggly. And he created a lot of the angst in this game. I don't see another out there. I don't think it's the DNA, Batesy. You do a lot of coaching now. I don't think it's the way these players approach the game. Uh, he's a deep, deep competitor. Uh, and he's done it really well for a long, long time, but he's the last for me of the throwbacks to the, their generation. Yeah, I agree that you don't see stuff like that anymore. But and, and why I like it is because the reason, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, I've got to ask him, the reason why he do it, all he's trying to do is get an edge. That's all he's trying to do. He's just trying to get an edge over his opposition. The end of the day, you play sport at this level to win. So in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with it, and it worked for him oh, and them. Yeah, I want to ask you, though, Gus. Uh, Brody Wittalik, when he's playing for the Chiefs... <laughs> He does get a bit like this, right? I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted that I didn't mention Brody because when I played against him, he was one of the most niggly players. You, the talk, the little niggle, the pushing, the, the grubbiness. I suppose back in those days, you know, the Chiefs, that's what they lived on. But playing with him, it's someone you love to have on your team. You know, you love to have that guy. He's physical, he's in your face, and he causes the havoc. But the, the beauty about Big Guzzler is he backs it up. You know, he, he, he follows that up and it fuels his game. Whereas sometimes, you know, I think if, if you do get into that mode, it can, how far do you push it you know, till you're hurting your team? So Brodie Retallick is uh, offshore next year. Dane Coles, potentially his final game in Wellington. He's retiring at the end of the year. Aaron Smith, his last game at the Garden of Eden at Eden Park. And Sam Whitelock this week announced that he's going to join his brother after the World Cup at Poe. This is the end of an era, isn't it? When you look at the players that are leaving, how do we replace this intellectual property and the rugby smarts that they bring, Batesy? Are they irreplaceable, these types of I, players? I don't think you can replace them. I don't think you can. Like, you look at the Crusaders squads and the Highlanders squads, and, and even the Chiefs, like, you know, firsthand, without, without Guzzler there, it's just going to be different. It is what it is. And someone will come in and fill that void, but it will not be the same. And you talk about the intellectual property, mm. and, and, and I I'll use the word, it gets used a lot, but you talk about the mana that those guys have, that can't be replaced in, in one season. You just don't go, oh, Tupo Vai, um, Brody's not here anymore, you're that man? Doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You know, you can't just replace it. I, I think for me, it's, it's not the first time it's happened. You know, we've had these, your Richies, your DCs, mm -hmm. last time your SB Dubs, Crotties, Bender, you know, those guys leaving. But what I do think about the Chiefs losing a, a Guzzler is, is it's not the first time he's gone away and, and left some of these younger blokes to, to you know, cut their teeth and, and get you know, where they need to be. But I'm speaking from a Chiefs man, he's, he's going to be missed, and, and so will those other blokes. Aaron Smith is a competitor. Same thing. He can't, he's, he's in the game constantly. I look at those three guys in particular, and we talk, but they've also been, to this date, to this point, career players in New Zealand. They haven't gone offshore. We're talking long periods of time over a significant number of seasons and I don't think we'll see that either. 
I don't think they'll play for that long, right? I don't think they'll play for that significant length of time in New Zealand. I think players are more likely to take breaks and head overseas. We've had three guys, three remarkable players, yeah. and Coles has played his, is going to end up playing his whole career here, mm. which is amazing, retiring at the end of the year. I think that's remarkable as to be admired. That is remarkable, isn't yeah. it, that Dane Coles has decided, you know what, he wants to spend more time with his family. He could have gone overseas, but he is finishing right here in New Zealand. We salute you, Dane Coles, and to all the other players that will be finishing up at the end of the year. Time now for a trivia question. This is back, but it's not for you three this time. You're actually off the hook. The question, what, who did John R4 surpass to become the oldest player in Super Rugby history? Now, if you hold up these two books, if you send your answers to the email address, the breakdown at sky.co.com, NZ. It is on your screen right now. You can be in to win a copy of this book, Billy Bush, A Front Row View of Life. It's a story unlike any other. He was an all-black, uh, but he was a kinder-diver at primary school. He was a labourer at Marsden Point in Northland at the age of 14, and it took the promise of a Fanta and a pie just to get him to play rugby, oh, Jeff. A Fanta and a pie? Yep, yep. I'll and then he went on to... Play the All Blacks, oh. coach and captain the Māori All Blacks. It's a great story, and we'll send a copy out to you. Legendary. If you get legendary. that one correct. Uh, right, the All Blacks, Andrew Toll. Look, we've talked about Sam Whitelock. He is a player that didn't come out of the tunnel at halftime for the Crusaders. But take a look at the list. There's actually several All Blacks that are on the sidelines right now. Yes, Angus Ta'oval is one of them, but he's assured us that he is tracking well. There's two that are season-ending. Sever Reese absolutely will not be back. George Bauer is the other one. David Havili has been added to that list during the week. Eight weeks out with injury. How concerning are these players? When you look at this, who are the ones that we think are going to come back? I mean, they're all in a race against time, aren't they, Batesy? Yeah, they, they certainly are. And, and, and it's hard to say who's going to come back. And the, the other issue is, too, is when they come back, their timing they come back, they, as a general rule, they need a couple of games under their belt before they go. So timing is uh, is is paramount to when they come back. Um, but that's at the end of the day, that is something that Ian Foster can't control. So, yes, it's, he's got to have it in his rearview mirror, mirror, but he's also, and he would have done it, they would have done it, they'll have all backup plans for when these guys come. It's a long it, injury list, right? It is, but it presents the opportunity for players that they might not have got a chance to look at. And they have four test matches before the South African test at Twickenham before the Rugby World Cup, so there's a rugby championship. But they've got to pick, in two weeks' time on the breakdown, alive, 36 players. I tried to write 36 guys' names down, excluding those guys who are injured, and it is hard to get to 36 guys to fill the positions. And there's an All Blacks 15 team that's going to be named on the same day to play a couple of test matches in Japan. So I start looking at the depth in our players and concerns. The concern for me, Gus, and you're one of those names on that list, prop for me right now is a su surely an issue if we're thinking about the challenge in front of us going to a Rugby World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it was... Sort of at the start of the season, it was a clearer picture. Moody, De Groot, you know, really clear there. Moody's injured. Fletcher Newell um, last year. Fl yeah, Fletcher Newell really stepped into that. Uh, obviously, Tyrell's been going gangbusters. Uh, young Tamaiti Williams is sort of filling that one and three role. But it's, I mean, it's an important part of, of where we're at. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to be a fly. And the wall is my name being chucked yeah, around there. <laughs> we're going to chuck your name. How? Tell us. Give us an update on where you're at, both the heart and the neck. Uh, where yeah, are you so at? I got cleared uh, from my surgeon uh, in terms of my neck uh, uh, about three weeks ago, and then my atrial fibrillation got cleared from a heart uh, surgeon a couple of weeks ago. So it's just about been, um, you know, reintegrating load. I think scrum load will be the big thing. Well, don't um, rush it, but rush it, you, if you know what I mean. You really must love this game. <laughs> you really <laughs> must love that game. It's great to hear that you're back on track, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Well, your concerns for you, Batesy, in this, where we are right now, with, with some of those key guys who have been a big part of the All Blacks over the last couple of seasons? I, th I think, to be honest, the, the major concern for me was how bad is Joe Moody? I feel how bad is he? He's, he is a linchpin of that number one uh, jersey, and out of... Other than Gus, out of all the guys that were on that uh, board there, I reckon that's, that's the biggest concern for me. The other position, aside from prop, would have to be midfield right, Jeff. David Harvelli, that's a concern. Um, a niggly hamstring, but it's filling that position in the squad. Yeah, I mean, and, and clearly, Roger Tuovasa-Sheik is a player that the All Blacks invested, what, the last 18 months in, and he's not even getting to play now. Bryce Seam didn't play on the weekend. You have to start, look, Levi Amua 
Levi Moore is available for the All Blacks. That's what he's done. He's performed incredibly well over the weekend. If there's a spot open to have a look at him in your environment now, and I think with David Harvey's injury, I think it doesn't present that opportunity. I would be surprised if he doesn't get that chance. Now, look, Antoine Brown, Rico Iwani, Geordie Barrett, they're your guys that you know and trust that are going to be there. Lester Whanganuku, who's been in great form, gives you that option as a centre um, and wing. But that's an area for me, once again, um, with Quinta Pire, you know, not, not getting an opportunity, unlikely to be back. I thought a guy that hasn't really been talked about much this year, I thought he played really well on the weekend, Jack Goodhue. Mm -hmm. I thought he was really good on the weekend. You know, I know he's had knee problems, I don't know how bad they are, and maybe he's taken a while to come back into it, but I thought he was quite good on the weekend. You know what you're going to get, don't you? He's been in that environment before. But that's why you don't have to pick him. Mm. You don't have to look at him. You know exactly what you're going to get Bring with Jack can, can, I, can I chuck a name in? Let's, let's not forget our Chiefs midfielders. Yes. Alex Nankerville. Ramik Apoi Hippie, he had a little jam at 10 on the yeah, weekend. But that's what he can do. stockpiling that's talent. That's what he can do. Well, this is why we've got you on the programme. JK talks up the Blues and you're here to talk up the Chiefs. Sam Whitelock, Nigley Achilles. That, don't like that. You do not want to no. lose him, right? We want him on the field for as long as possible this year. He's so close to breaking the record of the most appearances ever for the All Blacks. He should do it this year. We do not want to jinx him, though. He sat down with his great mate, Kieran Reid. Oh, Samuel Whitelock, brilliant to be here, catching up with you, mate. 350 first-class games. I think if I kind of look back to potentially 2015 semi-final, five, ten minutes to go in the game, South get a penalty, kicked it out on our 40-metre line. Now here's the break, the box one. I think we just looked at each other and you said, yep, yeah, I'm going to compete here. Springboks, they know, they're just one penalty away from winning this. Whitelock goes up. That is priceless. Sam Whitelock picked his Mate, that was an awesome backlift. I'm pretty sure we were backlifting. I think Richie was frontlifting to take a ball off the South African line. It is hard anyway, but to do it in a high-pressure situation like that is massive. And against a guy that I absolutely idolised growing up. Awesome, mate. Congratulations on the 350. Still plenty to go this year, which I'm really looking forward to watching. So well done, mate. Unbelievable player, isn't he? 350 first-class games, he notched that up. Richie McCaw's on 148 All Blacks tests, and Wylock needs nine this year, and he also passed that mark. An absolute legend, this guy, isn't he, Batesy? How many do they play this year if they get to the World Cup? Do we know that? Well, five before the World Cup. Yeah. And then three pool. Three pool. No, and then no, three... no, four pool. Oh, four, four, four pool. Four pool. And then and three, three more. playoffs. So he plays every one, he does it. There we go. There's a record. Yeah. There's a reason for them to win the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, other than the fact that. we want to win the World Cup. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I look at this guy and he's in the conversation for the greatest All Black locks. Now, different roles, and you made it clear in the rehearsal that I need to understand tight and loose head um, locks because you're a scrummaging front rower, but I look at how important he's been to the, the All Black line-out uh, line and uh, the All Black middle row for so long, and his combination for Brodie Metallic, and we know the two of them complement each other so very, very well, but even at the weekend, you saw the difference. The moment he wasn't out there for the Crusaders, they were a different team, and when he's not playing for the All Blacks, our line-out and our scrum for me is never quite as accurate. Mate, it's going to be his fourth World Cup, and you don't see that often for a top-tier nation, and it's, there's reason behind it. You know, he's so methodical, he's so smart, He'll never fail because of his preparation. He's a guy who does the work, knows exactly what, where he wants to be. You know, down in Taranaki, I was watching him. He, he's doing mental reps uh, just before he starts to do the physical stuff. So he's gone through all of that processes before he's even touched the field. And he's, he's been a leader uh, for the last, yeah, how, what is it, 12 years, 143 tests. And yeah, one of the greatest All Blacks, not let alone locks, I think. He's like having the old Koro on the team, isn't he? You know what I mean? He is, though. He just, you know, when the old Koro's around, he just stills you with a little bit of self-belief, and you just see him, he just says, right, calm down. This is what we do, and we just go from there. You know what I mean? But you talk about wanting to be a fly on the wall and talk around the All Black selections and stuff. I'd love to be on a fly on a wall and just watch how he dissects during the week and breaks down a line-out. You know, it'd be, it'd be almost a thing of beauty, I'd imagine. Well, someone has to pick up that mantle. Mm -hmm. Someone has to take that responsibility going forward because that is a critical part of the game at any level. The other thing I would quickly say is last year he took the captain's armband and he, he ran with it, did a fantastic job with the All Blacks. He's got a key leadership role to take in this All Black team this you week. Think, this you week. think he should be All Blacks captain? Do I think he should be All Blacks captain? No, I think it's between him and Sam Kane for me. That's the, the conversation, the two of those. But they're both going to have a role in terms of leadership. They'll have to with this group.
Just quickly, I just want to bring this back to Super Rugby. Of course, he came off on the weekend and we want to see him back out there for the Crusaders. Mitch Drummond gets injured. The Crusaders have this growing list of injuries. Are they in serious doubt? Can they keep continue going into the well and winning this title, Jeff? The Razor was reasonably upbeat in the post-match when they just lost the game to the Hurricanes and he's got this massive list. He had a bunch of kids out there. He had a couple of uh, halfback I'd hardly even heard of. Debuts. A couple of debuts at halfback. Uh, I'd be a little bit concerned right now. Because... How deep can they go into this well? How deep? I'm not sure, but, uh, but I, I, I believe that I believe they'll get through this weekend. I do, and then they'll have a chance at semi-final time, which will be down in Christchurch. Hopefully, they'll get a few more back. But uh, and one thing I did really enjoy, it fell apart a little bit towards the back end when the Hurricanes go over the top of them. Yes, they had this person in this position, this person. But if you look at their system, their system was still really smooth. There was once Safanganuku overran the ball and got hit in the head, but their system is still really smooth. So whatever they're doing down there, everyone knows their system. They've got their detail done really well. It'll just be in those big moments against uh, the Chiefs, maybe against the Brumbies or something like Blues. that, maybe the Blues, where you need those those big, mm. big time players, maybe they're, they're not there. But their system I was really impressed with for the first sort of 50 minutes. Well, time now to talk Super Rugby with Nurofen, available at Chemist Warehouse. After 15 rounds, we have found our quarter finalists. Our eight quarter finalists are here. One game on Friday, the Blues taking on the Waratahs, who have just been tipped up by Moana Pacifica. The Chiefs up against the Reds, the only team the Chiefs fell to in Taranaki earlier this year when they had most of their players out on All Blacks rest. That is an early game on Saturday. The Crusaders against the Drua, who of course the Crusaders went to Fiji and lost against earlier in the season as well. Different ball game over there in Lautoka. And the Brumbies against the Hurricanes. That is in Canberra. When we look at these four quarterfinals, are they all straightforward? Are we going to have four teams, four New Zealand sides in the quarterfinals? Because right now, it's even split, isn't it? Four from the New Zealand Conference, four from the Aussie Conference. If the Hurricanes take the second 40 minutes over to Canberra, and they do that for about 60 that's done and dusted. I mean, I think they're a better side when they're on form, playing playing well. Uh, the, if they come out and they perform like they did then, I think they'll beat the, the Bumbries. Um, look, the Crusaders are the, the team for me. I don't think they'll have an issue quarter-final time. It's just seeing where they are and who they've got. And it'll be a challenge if they've got to go through the Blues and Chiefs. You know, So for me, the Hurricanes, in the back of 40 minutes, I think, have just changed the context of this season. Well, we talked about Colsey, you know, that, that being a sort of a dead rubber, not meaning anything, but... I think for them, they'll be thinking differently, that momentum leading into this quarter-final. And, I'm, you know, not, not to be biased or anything, but I'm picking all four Kiwi teams coming up, and it's going to be a hell of a semi-final set-up. Yeah, I do quite like the Brumbies. I do quite like the Brumbies, and, and I believe that they have the game to, to suffocate, suffocate the uh, the crew, uh, oh, sorry hurricanes. the hurricanes I really do and when I mean suffocate them they can't let the likes of Savia Flanders and their back rowers get into the game because when they start running hard and punching holes that's when Amour is another one I know wasn't there but I, I believe the Brumbies do have a game to potentially suffocate the hurricanes. Well, here it is, the Brumbies taking on the Hurricanes in Canberra. Um, but what about this playoff picture? Eight teams in the quarterfinals. Basically, I mean, two of you think this is done and dusted and you know the New Zealand teams are going to go through. The Chiefs rest, what, 11 players and the, the four still have absolutely no chance against them when they had a midfielder playing at 10. How is that happening? Isn't that ridiculous? Is it absurd what is going on in Super Rugby right now? He doesn't actually have to say anything because he's sitting there grinning smug. away, smiling away, youngest. Can, 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 can we have some of those players for yeah. 2024? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> hold on, hold on. So they were your third stringers, weren't they? <laughs> so here's the thing. I reckon their second squad would have qualified for the playoffs this year. Their second team, the Chiefs' second team, would have been good enough, I believe, to make the playoffs this year. That's how deep they've been and how well they've played, but that doesn't help you when he gets into one-off and knockout games. So they'll need to find a way to, to make sure they're playing playoff rugby. They don't have one game where they try and do too much because they've got too much talent and have played such good football. I think they've got to manage how you, you, you play this through and you know once you get into those derbies, and I believe they'll be derbies, uh, New Zealand sides, you'll have to get it right. I, I think for me, that's what Clayton's done really well this year is, is managing how we approach that. And, and uh, me saying we, I've, I haven't even played this year, but they've won games in... in in different ways, you know, they've backed their defence, which has been rock solid. Uh, they've gone to, to the kicking game, they've, you know, the attacking, the exit strategy. Everything in balance has, has been there when they've needed to. Yeah, sure, we've, you know, we lost to the Reds down in, in New Plymouth, but um, 
you know, there's some drooling boys, you know, trying to put their hand up, and that's what depth creates. Um, you talked about the, the Rameka playing, you know, 10 on the weekend. But against, you know, people might think, oh, it's a force, uh, they, they were down there, but that force hadn't lost this year over, over in, uh, in Perth. Look at that try and, that he set up. And they, you know, starving to make the, a quarter-final, and these guys who get the opportunity, you know, to, Simon Parker, 26 tackles, Naito Akoi goes to six, 26 tackles, Liam Coombs Fabling, who's been a replacement player, he got called in from the tools to fly over. He, he puts on a performance like this. I will say this, though. I, I think those conditions and that selection came together really nicely, Batesy. The fact it was on top of the ground, plenty of nice yep. talent, made it easy to execute your skills, made it easy for Rameke to go into team where, you know what, I'm not having to play a territory game, I can actually play a little bit of rugby. So I think, and having Stevenson at the back, they looked comfortable. Yeah. And, and then you slot a guy in named Damien McKenzie, you know what I mean? <laughs> not so bad. Sean Stevenson at the back, Damien McKenzie, you talk about the king game, king game's not bad when you've got those two. Mm punting the ball around. If they need to play that game, I think Gus's point is a really good yep. one. We know the Chiefs can run from everywhere, we know that. But also, they've shown the ability to get into that grind, yep. you know, in this yep. year. And, and you'll probably, to win it, you'll probably have to get into a grind. Unless you're just that good, you know what I mean? But you'll probably have to get into a grind. Well, the Highlanders went to Eden Park. Their game plan was to make it ugly, and it very nearly worked from them. Batesy, this Blues outfit, what is this 2023 version missing from last year? It's basically the same team, signed from a Luke Romano. Yeah. Are you convinced by them yet? It's probably missing a bit of a spark, I think. I think defensively, you go down the, you go down when they went down and they played the Crusaders. I thought defensively they were really, really good. Um, but you can't defend all day. You need to throw some shots a, as well. And um, if they could probably pick Mark Talia from nine to fifteen, <laughs> that'd be sweet. But I don't think you can do that. So I think you know if they can get their attacking game going, well then they're a chance. The attacking game gets them five metres from the try line. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be fair, they had, well, I think, three or four tries that were almost tries. Like, they, they were so very, very close to this being a, a genuine blowout. Like, let's, not be, let's not hide from the fact that, I mean, the Highlanders were desperate. I mean, they spent most of the game in their 22. Um, I question whether or not the game plan was right. Mm. You know, you had to, at some point you had to shift and have a, have a crack at playing some rugby. They didn't. Um, I, I think there was some signs from the Blues. There's some areas they can go to. But they to not put that game back. away... I think they need Bowden Barrett. I don't think they need him this week. I think they'll need him the following week. And so for me, he's a critical part of them needing his experience, their patience. I get this, got the sense, Gus, and, and basically that um, Leon was really frustrated after the game because I think he saw that being a lot more comfortable. As you're watching it going, it just take, it would take one play. They never got the one play to make it comfortable. It, it, it felt like it should have been a blowout, sort of watching it. And then half time, you're like, wait, Hollanders are still in this. They get a yellow card uh, through about 20 scrums. Um, but, but I suppose what, what, what I think about is it's not the first time they've missed opportunities this year. You think about the Crusaders game at Eden Park, where they could have iced that game. Even the game at uh, FMG Stadium down in Hamilton, a chance to ice that game and, and little mistakes there and at the end. So, it's, I mean, is there something deeper there or are we just, are we, you know, are we reaching? But, Gus, you go back one week. I've been at Eden Park the last two weeks in a row and at, at half-time I looked at the scoreboard and I was like, oh, this is actually close. So I thought the Blues were killing them. So it's the same story mm -hmm. twice in a row. Just they've had dominance, but they haven't been able to convert that into points. But I do agree with your point, Jeff, and be interesting, like, when they look at the Chiefs, the one area you don't want to give the Blues is you don't want to give the Blues access into your 22. You don't want offer Nepo, Paddy going at you from five metres out. That's what you don't want. So you've got to keep them away from there. One more mention, and that is to the Fijian Drua. Their second year in the competition, they have made it into the quarterfinals, the top eight in the competition. They've beaten New Zealand sides along the way too. Remember, they beat the Crusaders. Uh, they've beaten a full-strength Hurricanes outfit in Lautoka as well. But they've got nine players who have signed to go offshore next year. How do you stop this from happening? Because this is a wonderful story, isn't it? And if they can make the playoffs in the second year, surely they can go further if they keep these teams together. I'm not surprised they've made the playoffs because 
as an organisation, they were playing in an Australian competition already. So all of a sudden they started to develop in the NRC over there. And this, to me, is an extension of that. They've had players come out of the Sevens programme, back into that group as well. There was no doubt they were difficult to play at home. Conditions made it very hard for teams to travel there and play. They took advantage of that. That's what's great about them. It creates and gives us something different. I congratulate them. It's yeah. great for McBurn. Our condolences. Mick lost his father on the weekend. Unbelievably was at the game. Um, my thoughts go out to him and his family. But this is great for the competition, but I'm not surprised by it. Yeah. I'd say it's also great for the competition. Yep, it is. It's great. But it's also great for Fiji. Did you see those crowd oh, shots? That's awesome. The yeah, that's growing the game. And I'll just say one thing. I don't want to jump on a Blues bandwagon, but I saw when the Blues went there, they threw out the jerseys and they threw boots out into the crowd. Like, that's awesome. And their success is great as well. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I hope they can keep players because what they're doing to the competition is great for the competition. Sorry. It's great, isn't it, Gus? Oh, I uh, it's great unless you're playing over yeah, in Fiji. <laughs> I played there last year and, and I swear I almost died. But uh, uh, talking about the nine players that are leaving, you know, I suppose it can go both ways. There's that much talent in Fiji. Yeah. Are we going to see an unearthing of, of the next, you know, next bunch, which is exciting. Um, but it's also like, man, you see what some of these players are doing. If you give them another few years, they're making the, the quarters, how far can they go? Absolutely. It's a great story, isn't it? One of the great stories in rugby. Uh, Dane Coles, we're back to him. He was almost lost to the 15 mad code by, guess what, rugby league. But he stuck around and he spoke to Joey Wheeler. The full story will be coming up after the breakdown next Sunday. Your other passion, you have other passions outside of rugby, obviously, and one of those is uh, rugby league. Rugby league. And uh, the Warriors, the Was. Was there ever a desire to maybe play the five-tackle kick code. <laughs> so Ricky Stewart come into the all-black environment. I was like, I'll be keen to go to the Raiders. He's like, just kind of like playing along. He's like, oh, he's like, you sure? He's like, yeah, no, I'll be keen. I was like, yeah, tell him to ring me. And he rang me in Dunedin. And I, was, I didn't actually answer. It was like a random Aussie number. And then McGarry, mate, Ricky wants to ring you. He wants to talk, like, talk about maybe transferring to league. But... I dropped my lungs, so it was more like, I would have loved to have a run, but I think the desire was always to play rugby, but yeah, I, when I heard he was going to ring my freak down, I was like, oh, no, I was like, oh, man, I'm just about to sign with you doing rugby. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> No, my hooky, my welcome back into the breakdown. Well, after 15 rounds of Super Rugby, we've had 14 Form 15s, a few rule changes from Jeff Wilson. But this week, <laughs> a former Tall Black and Sky Sport basketball commentator, he really wants to jump in here. Right. Sky Sport basketball commentator, Brooke Rusco, has picked his team. Now, beware, he is a Hurricanes man through and through. He was born and bred in Wellington, represented the Saints. So, I'll tell you that before he names his Form 15. Jeff, you've got plenty of time to jump in afterwards. His front row, Ufa Tungafasi, Dane Coles and Tyrell Lomax. Patrick Tuipolotu and Tupo Vai make up his type five. Tom Robinson, Adi Savir at seven, Christian Leo Willey. Cam Roygaard, Richie Moonga are his nine and ten. Jordi Barrett, Rico Yuani, your potential 12 and 13 all-black combination. Kenny Naholo, Mark Talia and Sean Stevenson are his back three. So I've calculated six Hurricanes, but let's hear what Brooke has to say. You know what that's for? That's for my Hurricanes. Come on! That's what I'm talking about. That's how you wrap up the season. Uh, speaking of wrapping up the season, when I got the call to be like, hey man, can you give us the Form 15? I actually thought to myself, man, I did play on the sevens. I did play on the eights at Ori's. There's no one better. So I have 14 Hurricanes and Mark Salia. No, I do have a lot of Hurricanes in my squad, uh, and I did pick them with, with my head and not my heart. I think they deserve to be in there. I just want to highlight a couple. First one, Colsey. Uh, we've missed you for a lot of the season, and we just saw we saw how good it is to have him back out there. The leadership, the niggle, the darts off the back, the people's elbows when we need him the most. This one, uh, going to be sorely missed, but... Ah, uh, huge, man. So, love having Colsey back. And the other one, I believe, yes, I don't have the credentials that everyone else has, but I, I believe after watching every single game for the Hurricanes this year, that Cam Roygaard is going to have a real, real good push for high honours a little bit later this year. He's been amazing. He's made that nine spot his own, had nine meat pies as well. 
um, the further we go on, the better he gets, the harder it will be. So um, Cam Roygaard, amazing. Artie, Jules, oh, Artie and Geordie, sorry, we expect nothing less. Billy was big. Um, momentum at the right time of the year. Guys, I hate to say it. Mark my words. Oh, we're going to win it all. Come on, the Hurricanes. I did pick other players, but come on, the Hurricanes. <laughs> Oh, Brock Rusco, the Hurricanes man. Um, they're going to win it all. Gus, what do you have to say about that? And I'm just trying to counter. Are there enough Chiefs in there for you? Uh, I don't know. if Well, Brooke, Brooke must have been asleep because <laughs> it's a midnight game over in Perth. Uh, so he must have missed it. I, I, I want to talk about Etienne Nanai Saturo, what he's doing. Sam Penny Finau, surely he's not going to... I'll give Ollie Norris some love, my, my fellow prop. And Goldie, we talked about it. Rameka Pohepi, 10. Well, he was he was probably, if you think about the form, 10 in performance <laughs> 10. over the weekend. Yeah. And I didn't change any rules for this week. So yeah. He's done it perfectly. I changed the rules like once, maybe twice. Twice. Kirsty. Twice. Okay, all right. Um, one for me, uh, Billy Harmon was huge for the Highlanders. They don't get within 30 points yeah. of the Blues if Billy Harmon's not playing. So I, I thought for him at open side, Artie was good, but I thought Billy Harmon was amazing. And Braden Yossi, um, it's not the, not the first time he scored a fantastic try. But for me, Harmon's an interesting one. If there wasn't, if we didn't have Dalton Popoli and we didn't have Sam Kane, this guy I think will be an All Black. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get an opportunity. But he said he's had a really big year. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's not at least in the All Blacks 15. Batesy. He's been awesome all year. He's been their saving grace all year. I, I don't know how many minutes he's played, but I imagine it's through the roof. I don't know how many tackles he's made. Imagine it's through the roof. His frustrations levels are probably through the roof as well. Um, but yeah, he has been a real shining light for the uh, for the franchise in the deep south this year. Braden Yossi at number eight. You mentioned him. He scored a couple of unbelievable tries this year. I mean, he outsprinted Scott Barrett. Scott Barrett had played a big shift, though, and it's in the last couple of minutes of the game, and the scrum was under a little bit of pressure, and he stayed on maybe a little bit long. Here I am talking like a blind, I know what a blindside <laughs> flanker actually does. Was that right? But, but he is, yeah, Barrett he is. is but he is, and that's what I talked about earlier around the Brumbies keeping those guys out of the game. You know what I mean? Because those Hurricanes lose forwards, they generally have power and pace. But I'm just going to jump on the Chiefs bandwagon with Gus here for a second. Sammy Pinifina, put him in. I don't care where you put him. Put him at four, five, or put him at eight, put him Play at six. All. Just chuck him in. He can be the Mark Talia of the forward pack. Well, there's still a question mark over the blindside flanker position for the All Blacks, right? Do we still not know? I don't know. Do you know, Gus? Penny this now. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> I, I, I just like for what um, Penny has done. Like I've, I've obviously known him uh, the last few years. Uh, Peter Gasol was was the guy who Sammy Penny sort of stepped in. Peter Gasol was our Player of the Year last year, and Sammy Penny has, has kept him on the bench. He's kept him out, and it's not just you know these things. He's he's, he's reading defense as well. He's his work rate is is honestly he's, he's getting up off the line, making tackles after tackles, carries after carries, and I mean yeah, I've, I've been talking about him all year. So last year, your player of the year was Peter Gus Sowakula mm. for the Chiefs, and he went on and was selected for the All Blacks and he ended up filling a role at 8-6. Sammy Penny Finau has taken that role. I wouldn't be surprised if they pick him in the initial 36 to find out whether or not they think he can understand the level, whether he can raise his game and have an impact on it. It'll put some pressure on. I think Scott Barrett at the moment is in that position, whether he's a lock six, but I think that that fight for the number six jersey as well and truly alive. That's what they were looking at Akira Ioane to do as well, right? The 6'8 role, I think Sam Penny has taken that. And Sam Penny's a little bit taller too than Aki as well on that line-out stat as well. But the other thing I'd mention is he's tough too, eh? Yep. He's genuinely tough. So I reckon he is custom-made. And, and I agree with you, Jeff. Put him into those first couple of games against Australia and the one south uh, against South Africa, I think, at, in, um, Mount at Mount Smart here. Put him in. Throw him in the deep end and give him a crack and see what he's like. Because there's no point in holding him back. But it's the perfect environment to do it. That, that all-black environment. You're 24-7 with, with each other. You've got coaches at your disposal. You've got all the best nutrition. And, you know, it's, it's sink or swim. But you, you if you can't thrive in that uh, environment, you know, like you probably can't somewhere else. So why not? Take a flyer on them. Well, it's time now for our Gillette head to head. Justin Marshall said in commentary on the weekend during that Hurricanes Crusaders game that he would be very surprised if Cam Roygaard isn't in a different coloured jersey at the end of the year. So who does he have to push out if he makes the All Blacks team? Is it a Brad Weber? Here are their season stats. But just a note, Brad Weber has played 10 games uh, and Cam Roygaard has played 13. Of course, Weber has had a couple of All Blacks rests and concussion. So... 
When you look at these stats, Jeff, Cam Roygaard's had the better season. Does he push out of Brad Webber? Is he in different colours in a month or two time? They're different players, and that's what Cam Roygaard will be banking on is the fact they're looking for something a little bit different. He has certainly got a, a fantastic and explosive running game. He's looking for those opportunities. He's strong. Look, I, I really like where he's got to this season. I think he's given himself a great opportunity to be an all-black. And the jersey Marsh he's talking about is not County's Manukau. It's an all-black jersey. That's what he's talking about. And I think you have to like his progressions for me, Batesy. I think he looks good to me. He looks like a good outback. Yeah, he certainly does. I guess the question they ask, and it's around, do they chuck him into that environment and try him? And last year they took, uh, did they use about five halfbacks half last year? So do they give him an opportunity in there? And and the the conversation that always gets thrown out there is we need someone different is Nagy, uh, Brad Webber and Finlay, are they too similar? Oh, and, that's, and that's a conversation that the All Black coaches will be having. Is Falau not even in the mix anymore? I don't think so. I don't think he is. I'd like to think he's in the mix. He just hasn't played enough rugby for me. He hasn't shown enough, you know. And, and probably tough too, you know, playing off the back of a Highlanders team that hasn't done very well, you know, and it is tough, you know. So it's probably tough on him. TJ Pedernata, he was one that we were expecting to come back. Um, all we heard was recovery was going really well, but it sounds like he will not be back for Super Rugby this year. That's another player who adds something different as an Angus. You've been in the environment with all of these guys. Mm. And I, I suppose that's where Cam's got that opportunity. He's almost like not not quite the same player as TJ, but that physical physicality. When when I look at you know you could probably look at stats and it's going to be totally different. But you Roy Gard, like defenders beaten, tries this year. Uh, he gets stuck right into that physical stuff. But you know talk about TJ and and Brad is experience and that knowledge of the game, which I think is the difference. You know Roy Gard's still young. He's still learning the game and and, and where to play and, and reading things. But that's where I think you got to keep that maybe in a World Cup, that experience. Can I ask you one question, both of you? Do you care if we win the Rugby Championship this year? Uh, I care. Would I rather win the World Cup? Yeah. So if we lost all three and won the World Cup, would I care? No. Because I think that's the, we've got to realise that the, there are not many test matches to give these players, yeah. if they are in form and they can have an impact on the All Blacks, an opportunity to play. And so you will run a risk. Let, let's chuck Sean Stevenson's name in there as well. Yeah, I, I know, think ditto. Chuck him in there as well. Yeah. Well, who are the other players? Because these contenders for the All Blacks World Cup squad, the Rugby Champions squad, have two weeks to put up their hand and say, pick me. The players that played so well at the start of the season that need to continue it through the playoffs, Jeff, don't we know? This is when the All Blacks selectors start watching. Yeah, who are those players? I mean, one for me, we haven't seen him yet. It's Ethan Blackadder. Yes. I'm desperate. I think the Crusaders yes. are desperate to get him back. I understand he's not far away, but he's been not far away for two or three weeks now. And I think a guy who can play multiple positions, he covers six, he covers seven, and he covers eight. And there's no doubt, Batesy, you can't argue his toughness, right? Here's a guy who plays the game, and he plays it one way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that, and what, you, what he does play is he does play tough. Is he? He's not the biggest human being around, but well, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. That's, that's for sure. But again, we talked about it earlier. It's timing. When's he going to come back, you know? Um, so hopefully for the Crusaders, hopefully for the All Blacks, he's back this week. Who do you think uh, are the people that need to have big games over the next couple of weeks, Angus? Well, I'll, I'll stick with my, with my Chiefs boys, but um, Sean Stevenson and, and Imani Narawa, I think they're knocking right on that door. And, and for Sean, it's always been about consistency. And I feel like this season has been his best season. He's locked up that fullback job in the, in the years gone by. He's sort of been mixing in between winger, fullback, dropped, you know. But now he's, he's playing with such confidence. He can break the game open just like this. And, and he's feeding off everyone, and everyone's feeding off him. It's, it's enjoyable to watch. Look, he's dangerous. Uh, he's got all the skills. The one area I think there was always concerns, probably up until this year, the back end of last year, he improved was defensively. Mm. You know, he wasn't playing with that real physicality and trusting him that if there was a last line of defence, he'd be there and he'd make the tackle. He's started to do that this year. He's shown that he's carrying through contact stronger. Um, Amoni Nara was very similar as well, the fact that he's been really accurate. This is the business end. Look, they've really only got the next two weekends. The All Blacks are going to be named after the semi-finals. So, there's two more weekends. You do what you do. You've done everything you can right up until now. And I think those both of those guys will be in the conversation. Well, here it is. Two weeks' time, right here, live on the breakdown on Sunday. Put this in your diaries, because the All Blacks Rugby Championship squad will be announced from Ian Foster's club in Te Awamutu in the Waikato region. So, you will want to be watching for that show in two weeks' time. What about a player like Patrick Tui? 
Hopel or two. The locks are going to be a really, really tough position. Locks and loose forwards, right? And, and working out that combination. How many they take of each, Batesy? Is he someone that needs to have a big few weeks? Yeah, definitely. If he can get a big few weeks under his belt, and this is this is his go-to around this area, and I think he's getting better as the season goes on. But it's all around that balance because you know you're going to take white lock, you know you're going to take retallic. Where does Paddy fit into that uh, an equation? You know. So, and, and you talk around experience. He's certainly got it. I'll get in before our Chiefs man gets in with Tupo Vai'i as well because Tupo's been really, really good. Done a really good job, played a lot of minutes for the Chiefs team. Look, Scott Barrett's the guy who's going to be that lock six option for the All Blacks. If they got room for another lock, I'd be surprised if they can find space for it. But, I mean, there's a lot of conversations. And the other side of it too is we shouldn't forget, every year someone gets banged up. Yeah. Every World Cup year, right? Someone mm -hmm. takes a hit, doesn't quite make it to the start line. You need guys who are, who are in the conversation who are not far away. We've got numbers. I think, you know, we've got that All Blacks team, we've got that NZ15 team, and that will be that, that position where, hey, look, if I'm not in the All Blacks, I get this opportunity here, I'm going to make every, every chance a winner. And if there is a bang-up, or maybe I even earn it to get into that World Cup squad, you've got to take it. 100%. We mustn't forget the New Zealand 15 team will be announced at the same time as the rugby championship team. They have two matches against Japan A and the Japan team to go to the Rugby World Cup. Well, the countdown is on. It is less than 100 days away from the opening game in Paris between the All Blacks and France. 96 days and counting. My welcome back into the breakdown. That is the next generation of stars, the next super rugby stars, the next All Blacks players. Currently in our under-20 program, you've played in the Junior World Cup. Angus, how good is this competition? Oh, many moons ago, uh, 13, 2010. So you had a stacked lineup. You're um, oh, all playing super now. Not, not as much as the year after. That was like the Bodie Barrett and, and all those guys. Um, Julian Savia, Tyler Blindell, the current Hurricanes coach. But we played over in Argentina. Um, beat Aussie uh, convincingly in the final. Um, but an awesome experience as a young 19, 20-year-old to go with a bunch of mates on tour to a new country um, and, and experience, you know, that side of, of almost like a professional sort of environment um, at a national level. Yeah, Batesy, I mean, you've been involved in the under-20s programme, right? You know how important this stepping stone is. Yeah, it certainly is, and I suppose the question is, is what is it for? Why, why, what are the New Zealand 20s for? Is it to win, or is it to give them experience to go forward? Um, and they've probably been a little bit in the wilderness the last couple of years because of COVID, mm. so now they're going to get opened up right up into the world, because you've got to remember, the Six Nations teams have been playing Six Nations against each other. You've got the most experience at this <coughs> age group, this level, you've seen these players. Rockstar backline. Yeah. Dynamic loose forwards, yep. are our type five slow to develop compared to the other nations around the world? 
Well, I think, and I talk around. I talk around. For I'll give you a perfect example. Game one, um, two of the props were from Auckland. Okay, um, one of them only lasted four minutes. Okay, uh, that that one of the tight head props that lasted four minutes. He's been a rugby player for eighteen months. Okay, so he's got eighteen months of experience as a rugby player. Before that, he was a league player. So he's done really, really well to get there. The other guy was at a uh, Ben was at a St Kent's um, High School, St Kent's College. Sorry, he was a loose forward at school. Two years. He said two years out of school. He's had surgery on his shoulder for both those years. Okay, so he's probably played, he's probably played, put them together, they've probably played 30 games of prop between them. You know what I mean? So therefore they're going to take a while. They're going to take a while and they're going to get a few hidings on the way. Um, you know, and that's just, that's just reality. So that's why I asked the question, what is this for? Are the expectations to win the Junior World Cup? We know how much success that we have had with this side in the past. They've won six titles, New Zealand, uh, four straight in the first four years, but there hasn't been tournaments the last three years due to COVID. The Baby Blacks, well, they kick off their campaign in just under three weeks' time. This is what their pool looks like. They play Wales, they play France, who, as Banks has said, have been playing in the Six Nations under-20s competition, and then Japan. They basically need to win all three of those games, Jeff. Do you give them a chance? I mean, we've played Aussie twice, lost to them once, and beaten them by a single point. But I just said it. We've got a rock star back line, and we've got dynamic loose forwards, and we've got players with super rugby experience. I don't doubt we can win these games. What we'll have to do is we'll have to get a measure of parity up front. Mm. The Wallaby side, the under-20 team, they put us to the sword, not just in the first game, the second game and the second half. They dominated us up front. So we're going to have to learn very quickly how we win games if we are compromised in some of those areas of the game. Well, they're coached at the moment by the new Hurricanes head coach. Congratulations to Clark Laidlaw, who, of course, was there in the past as an assistant and has recently been with the Sevens program. What do you think Clark Laidlaw brings into a Super Rugby environment? Well, what he probably does is he brings a, can create a great atmosphere and hopefully he does that same with the 20s as well because you look at those sevens boys, any of the sevens boys that come back to us, be they really young, alright, you think about Shea Clarks, you think guys like that that come back with us, they're really well rounded young men, Peyton Spencer as well so whatever he does down there they can speak well in front of the environment, they're not shy to share their ideas or anything like that, so he obviously creates an environment where people, doesn't matter how old they are, can feel comfortable in sharing their ideas and that creates bias and in the environment. Yeah, and I think it will complement with what they've got, Corey Jane with the defence and Tyler Blando, who I said played 20s with, I think a great offensive mind. And having that head coach role, you're not always necessarily the, the hands-on technical, tactical coach everything. Sometimes it is about the people managing, setting the theme, setting the culture, and then, you know, you're really pulling the strings of, of where you want to be heading. Just quickly, they've had a small lead in time, this group. They haven't had a lot of time together in terms of preparation. They needed a coach, an experienced coach, to come in with this group, to set that culture, to bring them together. My understanding is that's what he's done really, really well. So that's what Clark is going to do with the Hurricanes, continue to build on that. He's losing some leadership next year with Artie Savier heading offshore. So I look at that and I go, Clark Laidlaw's got a big job to do here with the 20s. It's a short-term gig in terms of bringing them together and then he'll, he'll transfer over to the Hurricanes and do, I think, a really good job. Super Rugby is going to be completely different, though. It's wow. a completely different challenge. Has Less... anyone got a voce di Corridoio this week? No, JK, he's in Italy. So we don't have the ear of the Pope, but who are we thinking? Crusaders head coach, uh, Blues head coach in Moana Pacifica. Any names? Are you in the running for Blues head coach? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, because no, I tell you what, I mean, no. we're hearing from everybody else, but we're not hearing any from the Blues. No, no, not? I'm not, no. You no. don't know anything? No, I don't know anything. Yeah, I think... that, that grin tells something. <laughs> Saying something okay. else, I don't know anything. Oh, look, all I know the conversations is Rob Penny and Vern Cotter are the two most experienced coaches who are out there, and they've interviewed down at the Crusaders. Mm, interesting. Well, I have more for you next week on the breakdown. Thank you for your brilliant work, uh, as always, Jeff. I was so kind to them night. today. <laughs> Good night. So kind to them. Forward smarts. Area's <laughs> first chance to run of the night. The big Ben on Gilbert, and off he goes. Layers away to the right. This weekend for the Highlanders. 140 games for the Hurricanes. One of the very best to ever wear the number two jersey. Yeah. Now away goes Cody Taylor. Puts his head down and scores again. Drops the pass off to Barrett. Now the charge from Josh Norby. And he scores. Oh, a couple of old mates having a go here.
Taylor and Coles are still going at it. Sort it out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Coles as well. It really is.